We talk a lot on this podcast about chess improvement, but when it comes to improving your hiring processes, Indeed is the platform you need. Indeed has over 350 million global monthly visitors, and it has a matching engine that helps you find quality work candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with your candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Years ago, when I was running a chess teaching business, I found it hard to find good help, and I had to go through a lot of back and forth to even screen potential candidates. Indeed allows you to do those things efficiently in one place. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed for hiring, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of Perpetual Chess will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility if you go to Indeed.com slash chess. Just go to Indeed.com slash chess right now, and you'll be supporting our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, Indeed.com slash chess. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone. I'm Ben Johnson, and this is the Perpetual Chess Podcast. On Perpetual Chess, I have weekly conversations with chess players, personalities, authors, and adult improvers about their lives, their careers, and about chess improvement. Perpetual Chess is brought to you through the generosity of its Patreon and PayPal supporters. For more information, go to perpetualchesspod.com. Hey, everyone, just two quick things before I get to my interview with I am Yap Delamar. Number one, next week's episode might be a couple days late. I'm still working out the sequence of upcoming guests, but I wanted to give you guys a heads up in case Perpetual Chess isn't in your feed next Tuesday. Number two, in the upcoming interview with Yap, you're going to hear him talk about future potential chess steps, teacher training workshops. You'll hear a lot more details in the interview, but just wanted to let you know that the details on the workshop are still being determined. But if you think you might be interested in it, the best thing to do is just to email Yap, jdelamar at hotmail.com. I'll also put the address in the show notes and then await further instructions from there. Okay, on to the interview. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Perpetual Chess. We have a guest I am excited to bring you this week that I have been talking to regularly as we will um, we will get into that. But first, let me just give you some details. Uh, as a chess player, of course, he is an IM. He has one GM, Norm P. 
peak rating of around 2450. He was Dutch youth champion under the age of 20 in his youth. Uh, he's played a mini match against no, none other than GM Jan Timmen. Uh, but since 2004, he's been a full-time chess trainer in the Netherlands. He's worked with many strong scholastic players. He works with adults and teachers as well, as we'll talk about. Uh, he worked with chess bra Robin van Kampen, among many others. Uh, he was once a student of one of the founders of the Steps Method. Um, Regular listeners of Perpetual Chess probably have heard us t- heard me talk about it with various guests. Um, it's a popular, growing in popularity, and already successful curriculum that chess players and teachers can adopt. We'll get into that with the guest. Uh, but with all of that out of the way, I think we should bring him in. So, Yap Delamar, how are you, sir? I'm very good. Thank you very much for the extensive uh, uh, introduction. I'm very flattered with all these great words and uh, sometimes even nice to hear uh, all the things I already (laughs) managed to do in all those years. Um, I'm very happy to be in this show. Thank you very much also for that. And I'm very happy um, to, uh, well, to to tell something more um, about myself in first place, about something about the teachings I'm doing, uh, the work I'm doing also for the chess trainers. And um, yeah. Yeah, so Yap is a very, very good teacher. I've been working with him to improve my own teaching, and we'll get into the details of that in a minute. But Yap, how did I do with my, uh, my big background research? Did I get everything right? I think it's a very uh, perfect reflection of it. Um, I was starting um, actually already and very young. When I was 18, I was as coach already in uh, under... Uh, uh, I was already coaching on, on a kid under 16 years, uh, the European Championship. Uh, I always enjoyed very much uh, to coach and to help players to get better, to be stronger. Um And I always felt that this is maybe even one of the biggest uh, drives I have in my teachings is that I always um, felt uh, that if a player needs some support, some help uh, to get better at something, um, I hope and I think that I can make him better um, and to make his passion for chess, uh, of course, um, better as well. So that's definitely also one of the drives I have, and um, yeah, and I'm I've been involved in actually in in all ways for the chess world uh, as a trainer, as a teacher, uh, also on national and international uh, uh, federations. I'm trying to be involved to support um, chess projects. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's, there's a lot to dig into stuff that, again, in our in our conversations you've alluded to, but I haven't had a chance to to get all the details. But I want to just uh, get a little bit more about your bio first, Yap. So you were we were born in the same year. I was able to ascertain thanks to Fide always can, having the birth year. We're both at 1977. Um, and it says you've been um, you've been a full time chess trainer since 2004. So I, I wanted to, and you mentioned that you had that ambition from a pretty young age. So what happened in between? Did you go to graduate? You went to university. Did you go to graduate school? I, I have my master's degree. Uh, I made also postdoctoral, um, my teacher's degree. So I'm a first degree teacher. So it means that I could work in schools as well. Um, 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 uh, but I decided uh, already because I was already quite advanced in my chess teachings. Um um, so that in the end, I uh, decided to leave my uh, university study for what it is and just focus fully on uh, my chess study. 
Okay. And here in the U.S., that would be, especially in 2004, that would have been considered somewhat rare for, I mean, obviously you're, you're a super strong player, but for someone who's not a top 100 type player to decide they're going to devote their careers to chess in 2004, I think now it's, it's becoming fairly standard. But back then it would have been considered a little bit unusual. Was, was that the case in the Netherlands as well or not so much? I would say that even in the, in Holland it was not, or in uh, the Netherlands, I should say nowadays, which seems to be the new uh, promotional way <laughs> to <laughs> advertise my country, um, uh, would be, uh, um, yeah, it was not very popular. I, I invented my own profession in that way. Um, I was very lucky, and I consider myself as very uh, privileged in that I had been training with uh, Bruniat until the age of 16 years. Uh, after I've been training with Hermann Grotem, also he had a profound influence on my career. And then as a trainer, I think Cor van Weijenen really had a massive uh, influence on, on, on my teachings. And we have had many discussions, um, uh, especially when it comes to fundamental didactical uh, questions, uh, and, and, and I would say that's, um, that's something which really had a big influence on me, uh, each of them, uh, in their own way. Uh, Brynja really uh, brought a passion and the first passion to chess. Uh, that chess could be something really fun and really get into it and to master it um, and to feel also that chess is something you do together. It's not, I mean, of course, we are always playing alone, but just training and to have fun together, to analyze together, to have tricks uh, together. This this part is still, uh, how to say, firing as an, uh, inside me, uh, and which enjoys me every single day. So I don't feel I'm working. I'm just living, and I'm very privileged to yeah, play chess every single day. And, uh, Excellent. Yeah, and just to provide a little more background for listeners, so the 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 gentleman that Yap is referring to, Rob Bernia and uh, Cor van van Weigarden. Uh, apologies for <laughs> the mispronunciation, the, <laughs> the inevitable mispronunciation. Uh, those, as as listeners may know, are the founders of the Dutch Steps Method, this Dutch curriculum that we've talked about a lot, and the project that I alluded to that I've been involved with 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 Yap. And I'd also like to give a shout out. Here you go, Metan to uh, Metan Perlitensky, Sean Hashel, and Paul Sweeney, three other U.S.-based teachers. We've been doing workshops. Uh, with Yap um, in order to become better STEPS teachers and hopefully get STEPS certification. Uh, listeners may have heard Hans Schut uh, from the Netherlands on the podcast about six months ago. He's an adult improver and he has been the only certified chess teacher in the United States. Of course, there are um, many in the Netherlands. Uh, so we've been working on that project and what Yap describes about his enthusiasm for chess and for teaching, it really comes through. We've been doing these Skype calls uh, every three weeks where we just all worked together with Yap to try to become better teachers. And it's rare to see, I mean, the enthusiasm for chess, I would say, is not as rare, but the enthusiasm for teaching and for the didactics of teaching is um, n not as common. So I've learned a lot from it and that's sort of what we're going to dig into. But so, Yap, I mean, obviously there's a lot to dig into, but just for listeners who haven't been listening every week um, um, to Perpetual Chess or for whatever reason need a little refresher, Yap, could you just give a sort of um, broad description of the steps method? Well, what this uh, makes the step method unique and in some way interesting for any teachers to at least study it um, uh, is that it's based on the development of the child. 
so it means that really it makes a step for step. It goes very slow and very profound. And in this way, um, uh, it, 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 it makes very fundamental way to develop it. Also, what is very important that is not based only on patterns, which is, of course, very uh, very logical and very uh, common to any tactic books, um, but it uses a lot of terms which are standing for questions, and these questions you can... Um, crack uh, big questions or puzzles into smaller ones and in this way uh, it's easier to solve. Uh, so these questions more or less uh, make breaks uh, from our position so you, you get a very clear way how you can search for specific attacking objects or uh, signs in the position um, um, uh, to start to how to solve it. And then, of course, you have techniques how to solve. And again, these are connected to questions. Good, yeah. And just to give some more concrete examples, again, I know some people are familiar with the steps method, but for those who aren't, there's a lot of puzzles that you may not have never seen the exact nature of before. Like for more beginner level players, they'll be defend against checkmate puzzles. So there's a page full of puzzles where there's a checkmate threat and you have to find the only way to stop it. Or there'll be a threatened checkmate puzzle. Um, or there'll be a defend a piece by moving away puzzle. Um, and then you get your, your more typical checkmate and calculation puzzles that that a lot of you are used to. But uh, the steps method really breaks things down on a much more granular level than a lot of uh, chess curriculums. It's designed to go from zero to 2200. Um, and I think this episode, talking to Yap, will be a special treat. We have a lot of chess teachers who listen, but Yap, we also have a lot of um, motivated adult players listening. So I also want to try to give them some red meat of what, what they can do to improve generally and how they can incorporate the steps method. Um, and in fact, that calls to mind. We have a couple questions from supporters of the podcast. And one of them, I think, um, comes up a lot because naturally, regular listeners of this podcast have heard people like Han Chu and John Hartman um, talk about the steps method. Um, but it can be daunting to dig in, especially if you're doing it on your own. So this is a question from Jason Green. Thank you for the support, Jason. And Jason asks, is the steps method meant to be a standalone tool for improving one's chess? Or do you recommend to supplement the steps method with other forms of training, i.e. going over master's games, tactics training, etc.? I mean, definitely. Um, um, the, I would say definitely it's a method which uh, cannot stand alone. Um, it has... Uh, it's, I mean, we have to look a little bit to the history. I mean, although I understand the very practical uh, way why people want to know what they can do with the statements, still it's interesting uh, and very important to know that historically seen, uh, the method was developed uh, in the background, there was nothing. Uh, so in that point in 1987 already, uh, the two from uh, the trainers, which I already mentioned, Brunia and Favikenden, they uh, had to develop for the federation some new method. Uh, first, they wanted to, uh, it was Withaus who already had a method and they wanted to change it. Uh, and then at some point they wanted to change so much that they said, okay, forget about what we have and we just need to develop a new one. And that's why they came with this new concept of didactical concept of uh, putting the child uh, in a central um, position. The second thing is that uh, you go through all phases in your development as child first material. Uh, it means that you first capture only pieces. Uh, things are very short uh, 
um, space. And then later on, you discover more the board and after you actually put it uh, into relation to time. Um, so all these things um, and, and the systematically and, and the cyclists which are going through the books because there are already 29 books. Um, every single part of it is part of the development and to give a very good foundation. Um, why I'm telling this is because um, also in Holland we have a lot of um, uh, chess clubs which have teachers who are teaching kids and also they needed some guidance. So in the beginning the step methods was nothing else than this guidance to the parents and the, the, the simple chess players at the clubs to give some guidance to the kids. Later it transformed more that also serious chess trainers um, could uh, give training to them. That's why later on you see that the step method developed and uh, become more complete and more com comprehensive. Um, if it comes to a lone study, I find it quite difficult because the point is that, um, in, in my opinion, and that's also some uh, things which probably we will talk about later on, is that training can't be seen uh, alone. The same counts for all the chess books which are published at the moment. Um, it's always you, if you want to develop, you have to have your own learning question, uh, which is the basic on, on how you wish to develop. And every, every method or every book is just a tool to get better, to get your information, to make the steps, to get the skills, to get the knowledge to improve your play and to make your development. So, uh, as so the step matters. Um, so in that case, I mean, if you're going through the step matters, you have to read the manual. This is very important. Most of the people skip the manual and then you see that they're using the step matters only in the halfway. They are trying to solve it just by intelligence. They look at positions and just try to look at it till they have the solution. That's not what the step matters is about. Can I, sorry, yeah, can I just hop in for a second and just clarify? Sure. Okay. So... Um, so just to, to clarify what Yap is saying about the manual, the way he mentioned that there's 29 books, the way that the step method works is there's basically teacher manuals, which can be used as student manuals, but they're really, they're, they're framed from a sort of t uh, didactic perspective of the best way that people can acquire certain knowledge and skills. Um, and then apart from that, there's workbooks, which is where you actually implement what you learn and test to make sure you're acquiring the right material. So Yap is just saying that you, a lot of the workbooks books are very well very well constructed chess puzzles that try to be holistic but yap was just saying that despite that you also need to read the manual so i just wanted to clarify for people who might not know about the manual in the workbook but please please go on yap yeah so so the manuals that they write it already how you make the search strategy how you make the solving strategy and and then after you need to check your answers to see if they're correct or not and this need to be uh, extensive and to do this alone, I find it very tough. I mean, I had a lot of pupils and students who are trying to do it alone, but in my opinion, this is very tough and if not impossible. The second point which comes to it, even if you manage to do everything alone, you read carefully the manual, you're making a searching strategy, you try to make it happen all for yourself, then you're playing games. And then in these games, you need feedback on, on what will be the next step. And there comes the role of the coach, the trainer, who needs to bring back the things you learn to the games and the other way around. Uh, so you have your games, you made some good points, you need to preserve them to make them stronger. And of course, you have some challenges which you're making to, uh, to get better or to uh, fill the gaps uh, in your play. And, and that's actually... 
a very difficult part if you want to do everything alone. Um, in my opinion, this is uh, because there are a lot of things you see from yourself uh, and you can improve them. But of course, we always have our blind spots, everybody. Um, and I see also that in this way, uh, other materials, uh, trainers, um, and even nowadays digital uh, tools can be also used um, as a, uh, to make the uh, program more pro- comprehensive and extensive. Yeah. So, for example, the, for the first two steps, I mean, uh, workbooks, there's there's a CD called Chess Tutor. Um, Chess Tutor is for even for the first three steps. We have the Chess Tutor where also you have this uh, activated forms um, and they are specifically uh, additional materials to the step methods. They are not the same materials, uh, but they are the same topics. So you have just more material to do the same thing and they are more interactive. Okay, but but yeah. So for someone like Jason uh, who sent in this question, and I think there are a lot of people out there like him. Um, you, you mentioned that it's important to have a trainer because um, they, they'll they'll develop gaps in their knowledge. Otherwise, now some people might be in the category where they already have a trainer who doesn't use the steps method, and they might be happy with that trainer. Or some people might be in a position where they just can't afford a trainer, but they still want to. Um, they still want to improve chess as best they can and take advantage of the best resources. So is there anything someone like that can do to utilize the steps method or should they just kind of utilize everything else that's available from the vast chess world? Um, Well, I mean, as I said, if you want to make full use of the step methods, uh, then it's very important that uh, beside the patterns you're working on and you try to optimize them uh, because we in the game we need just to play and the more things you're, uh, how to say, uh, sticks into the mind, uh, your workload will be just too, well, will be full and it's just very tough to play. So we need to optimize it. Uh, so if you're working alone or if you're working with a trainer which is not really uh, supportive of uh, this method or cannot, um, then it's very important for you to go through the books uh, step by step, not to skip any topic. And every time, not only focus on the correct answer, but also how you get there, uh, how you make the answer. Did you search for all the attacking objects? Did you make a full list of candidate moves? And after you can decide on how to solve it. Um, those things are the main point. And then you need to think in the game. For example, you play the game, try to um, revise it with yourself, see what kind of tactics did you miss and try to use the vocabulary of this method and, and, and to bring it into this one. And for example, if you missed an um, eliminate defender, try to make these pages uh, to get uh, better at them. Uh, uh, but again, this is something many methods are supporting. So the difference is mainly the vocabulary and the way how you archive, uh, so to say, all the positions and how you can activate them at the right moment when you're playing chess. Right. And it's, so it sort of sounds like in order to, if one were to try to t- go this on their own, they would basically be trying to teach themselves to be the teacher and the student at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and well, I mean... Uh, if you really, if you, I mean, in general, I would say that if my student would come to me with a new method or anything, I always will be open to look at them. So in my opinion also, if you're really in favor of the step methods and you have a trainer next corner, which of course is very convenient, try to show them at least what you're doing. Try to say, um, well, in the training we do this. Uh, I would like to include uh, in the program the step methods in some way. Uh, So can you please try to, well, have a look at least uh, about it 
and maybe in this way uh, to get some feedback also from your trainer. Um, okay. And of course, for, for any trainers listening, that, that sort of uh, dovetails with the topic I mentioned earlier that I did this teacher training with Yop. And again, I benefited greatly from it. I, I have a lot of experience teaching, but I still learned a lot and feel like I have a whole lot more to learn. Um, so, um, Yap, could you give a little bit more background from, from your side of uh, the ocean of how this um, sort of flagship experimental program to, to um, teach some U.S. teachers about STEPS training? How did it come about on your end? I mean, um, well, it was actually, it was a long way. I think three, four years ago, uh, Paul Swaney, I think it's um, yeah, pronounced. Friend, friend of the podcast, Paul Swaney, yeah. uh, based in Virginia. Yes, go on. Yeah, uh, he, uh, well, we, we are good friends. We were training together. We had already a lot of discussions about the step methods. And he was at some point was really pushing me every, almost every week <laughs> to make it happen. And he said he wanted to get certification. Uh, he felt also that it's just a very good way to develop himself as a trainer. I think that's also very something very positive. We all should realize as trainers that the learning part is not only for the student, but that's also for us. Um, I'm actually, I'm learning uh, each year uh, on languages, on uh, all kinds of other workshops about sleeping, about uh, energy management, about mental um, um, uh, discipline, about psychology. I'm always trying to develop myself in, in all of these categories to be a more rich uh, chess trainer. Um, so, and also in, in, in the last years, I'm developing myself as a uh, trainer trainer, so to say, uh, for the Dutch Federation. Uh, in this way, I'm also helping to develop the materials uh, for uh, the trainers. Um, and I think the project started two years ago when we already uh, had already questions uh, in Holland about uh, to get the course into English. And uh, we made the first translation. Um, and well, since already we had there a good start, um, we had this uh, conversation. Paul said, I probably can get some good friends uh, to make a start and to make a trial. And I would say that uh, we made a very good job. I mean, I was pleased and very happy about um, how we could make it work because for me it was also quite exciting and, and uh, thrilling if we could make it happen because it was uh, over Skype. We had four people in the screen, so it also means that we need some discipline in the way how we discuss um, everything. Um, well, you were <laughs> among them, so you already saw that sometimes we, we had some, uh, how to say, uh, challenges in the connection and everything, but I think that we did a very good job there in the end. And um, I think we we had interesting uh, conversations about uh, where we have options because I still feel that um, um, I, I don't believe in one method. I'm, I'm really uh, happy about the step methods, but I did really did, uh, think that in the end, the teachers uh, are much more important than the materials. Um, but of course, good materials really support and helps the teacher to good, uh, to do better work and to uh, also in preparation, it saves a lot of time. Um, and what I like very much also about the step methods uh, is that it's very consistent in their uh, terminology um, about the terms. Um, and for example, if I would go tomorrow to Hong Kong and I would give lesson there, I immediately could start working. 
And the same counts if I, uh, a student from Hong Kong or America would come to Holland, in, immediately in the next day in the chess club, I could continue working because the questions are the same, the answers are the same, the way how we um, um, correct things into pieces are, is exactly the same thing. And in this way, the learning becomes just much more fun and interesting. So um, um, your question was about this, this program, how it came. So more or less, uh, we, we wanted to, to make a trial. The Federation fully supported this initiative, said, go ahead. Um, we can, I can happily announce that we have now four full certificate, uh, certificated uh, trainers in America, I mean, extra. Uh, four more, yes. Yeah. Four more? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that's a very good uh, start. Um, now we are planning on, on even looking at how we can uh, make it into, uh, how to say, open for more uh, trainers. Um, I think that would be a great... Uh, okay. Uh, so let's let's get to that in a second, Yap. And I'll actually, I just, I'd like to share a few little lessons I learned. I mean, and then we can sort of give some more information for anyone interested in uh, potentially pursuing this. But we do have a question from friend of the podcast and former guest that I mentioned earlier, Han Shute, uh, based in Florida, a certified steps trainer. Um, who you guys can can listen to his interview about how he's still improving um, at chess in his 50s and about his background with the steps method. I'll link to that, of course, in the show notes. But Han just was wondering, he says, is your online chess, chess steps training an official certification program endorsed by the owner of the method, Korn, Korvan Weigarten? Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, he fully supports this. Um, um, we... Um, um, but in general, he's just very happy that the step matters get um, uh, more people, so to say, to know it and to work with it. Um, and uh, he's working with the Federation in this way that uh, uh, the Federation is fully allowed to give this uh, certification with, and work with the step matters. Okay. Although uh, he's an independent, uh, how to say, company business, which, of course, is selling the step books uh, himself. I mean, so um, it's only for the uh, teachers, uh, how to say, degree. This is uh, for the federation, uh, the way they can work with the method, so to say, and the examination of the um, step methods is uh, part of the federation. That's good to hear, because Rob Bernia, of course, has passed away. So Cor is the, the remaining uh, living founder of the Steps Method. And listeners who heard my interview with uh, another uh, Dutch chess enthusiast, Geert Van, Geert, excuse me, Geert Vandervelde of Chessable, may recall Geert talking about his efforts to bring the Steps Method onto Chessable and how Core, uh, due to wanting it to be more of a, a book and classroom-based experience, kind of... Um, wasn't as interested in that. So I know that, I mean, of course, it's his, it's his baby. It's his, his life's work. So okay. it's, un, it's understandable. But I'm glad that uh, he is uh, loosening the reins a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I can give you the main reason or background on this point. What is very important for him and one of the didactical reasons is also that nowadays, because everything becomes digital, um, uh, our, uh, how to say, uh, the, the temptation to make instantly moves, to guess, to gamble uh, moves, so to say, uh, and to think uh, and to overthink and rethink uh, becomes less important. 
Uh, with the books, you immediately slow down. You immediately take time. And all these kind of things, they are very important. Um, uh, why we would like to work in a little bit, let's say, in the old-fashioned way. Um, is that we need to give, uh, how to say, an instrument also against a little bit of time. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm myself. I'm very in favor on some digital things when it comes to the learning to automate the learning process. But it only can be done if already the foundation is there, uh, because otherwise you automate the wrong, uh, uh, how to say, the habits and right. uh, uh, and Um So one of the reasons why he's a little bit against the digital digitalization of the step matters is because people think they can uh, skip uh, and uh, omit the most important thing is that first you need to learn the searching strategy uh, offline and very profound. And all these uh, things which becomes digital um, immediately skip this, uh, this step. Yeah, the search strategy being how you solve a given exercise. Exactly, and that you first need to think, what do I know about the position? Uh, what is going on? Uh, which task do I have? All these simple questions, normally when you're on a website or when you're solving things, especially with time, and if you're getting points for time, then that's definitely increasing the, the wrong habits and the wrong things, how you should approach chess. Yeah. Um, so that's the reason why he's very, how to say... Um, uh, um, protective. Yeah, yeah, protective in, in the way um, because he feels that if he does uh, develop in, in this way, then, um, well, I mean, then uh, it's very difficult to get, how to say, the ghost battle back into the bubble. I yeah, mean, yeah, 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 the, yeah, the genie. Um, cool. So, so, yeah, I'm just going to, if you don't mind, I'll share a few of my sort of, I'll try to give a few bullet points from, from what I learned personally. Just give a, a few nuggets to anyone listening interested in improving their, their teaching or their communication. Obviously, this will probably be a primary interest to chess teachers, but hopefully, uh, you know, people interested in learning generally, I think, could, could probably... Um, um, benefit as well. Um, number one is just from a teacher's perspective, again, and some of this stuff may sound obvious, but it, for me at least, it needed drilling, which is just to give clear, almost painstaking direction in everything you do to your students. Just spend a lot of time going through how to solve a given problem or how to play a given mini game, as Yap alluded to. Uh, the steps method um, encourages a lot of mini games, especially at the um, closer to the beginner level. And this, this step certification program was for step one, which is, you know, probably rated, I, I should know this, but below a thousand or something like that. Um, so give very clear painstaking directions, uh, go as slow as possible, generally, um, in terms of uh, what you're doing, you, you really want the student to master the subject. So if they're getting 70% right of a given puzzle book, that's, that's not good enough to go on, you, you want to go back and make sure that they're getting it even better. Um, and so that there's no gaps in their knowledge. Um, and number three, and especially important for, for people teaching group classes, I think, but also one-on-one -on -one is just always try to understand the student's motivation. Um, that's, again, that's something that, that's sort of common sense for teachers, but often if you are dealing with multiple students, it's easy to forget that. And everyone for every action, whether, whether it's, um, whether it's a, um, 
whether they're cognizant of it or not, whether it's a conscious motivation or unconscious, they're doing things for a reason. So if they're acting out, they might be bored. If they're trying to avoid a certain activity, it might be because they have a different learning style. So just always take a step back when you can. And if you're encountering, uh, if you feel like you're not meeting your goals as a teacher and you feel like the student is uh, making things challenging in some way, try to understand what it is that's, uh, that's making it challenging. How did I do, Yap? You did a perfect job. I mean, <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I mean, as I said, I mean, to, to, to feel the motives of your students, this is one of the points which is very important. At first, level with them and see what they want to learn, uh, where they're standing, where they're coming from. I mean, at each day they, when they enter the class, this is something very important because we can't teach them, we can't give them any knowledge if we don't know what exactly they want to learn and if they're ready to learn something new. Um, yeah, so that's definitely... Uh, Good. I'm very happy you're reminding us. Okay, this. good. Yeah. And of course, it digs into the types of motivation, extrinsic and intrinsic. Are they trying to please themselves or are they trying to please others? Um, and there's so much more. And the, the workshops generally, they weren't like the steps method strikes me um, from an outsider's perspective. It struck me as quite formal. I would say, but I would say these these uh, workshops or seminars or whatever you want to call them, they were not so formal. They were they were fun. Um, so with that out of the way, Yap, I know already when I sent uh, when I alerted supporters of the podcast that you were coming on and told them revealed a little bit about this program. I know a few people expressed interest. So um, if other people would be interested in potentially uh, getting some sort of steps certification, what would be the next step, Yap? I mean, well, the next step would be uh, the easiest, I would say, please just send me an email uh, that you're interested and you would like to get updated on, on how we develop it. Um, I'm talking because it was so successful and we want to give it more now more structural uh, way of how we are going to do it. Uh, I will have discussions with the Federation about to make agreements and to make everything happen in a smooth and good way. Uh, so that's, we, that's why... We still have to wait a little bit uh, on, um, on, on on those next steps. Um, uh, so please just send me an email uh, okay. with questions. Uh, I mean, it can be questions about the step methods. That's also definitely fine. Uh, you can already say that you're really interested in uh, in being joining one of these um, new trainings. Um, at the moment, already I feel that probably we will develop. We will develop at least two trainings, so at least one to for step one and one already for step two, three. So if you already have a specific wish, um, you can of course uh, address them also to me. Um, and I would say still, I mean, what you also um, I think stress. Um, correctly is that those webinars which we were doing i'm really trying i was really trying to understand uh, what background you're coming from uh, that of course we have an ideal world where we can do perfect didactic uh, things and we have the reality where sometimes there are just a lot of kids and how you can organize i was also going with you through all kinds of practical problems and how we could solve them or in which way you can maybe think about uh, trying new forms, working forms in the classes uh, to make them more fun. And, and by sharing this uh, with each other, um, I think we had a very good atmosphere and a very nice way uh, of learning together. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
And one other thing I should mention, just in, just to be clear, I'm this is not like a, for listeners, this is not like a paid endorsement. This is I'm not I'm not being compensated for endorsing the steps method. Um, in, in fact, the other thing I wanted to be clear about is the uh, the 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 certification of actually costs a bit of money. Uh, listeners shouldn't anyone interested should know that. Obviously, the people training you need to be compensated for their time. Um, but that's just something that that you should know going in. Um, Yap, do you have a ballpark? I mean, obviously, I I know what I paid, but I don't know if you have a ballpark estimate of what it would cost if uh, if and when it were to move forward. Um, well, I mean, this 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 was a very important one. I I can't tell something at the moment just simply because um, the rights are at the federation. I okay. still need to make the discussions with them and also what it will happen and what it means for future. Um, so. Just imagine that, uh, well, maybe make it just also make it clear. I mean, I'm not uh, earning money with the step methods. I'm just uh, embracing it as a matter because I fundamentally believe that this is a very good way of teaching kids. I mean, to bring the passion into this method. Um, I've been brought up uh, from this method when it was just sheets and it was not even books. Um, and I've seen around me that in one street we had four players at some time going to the European and World Championships. Well, I don't believe that in a certain street there are people born in a certain way that suddenly we have four big talents. Uh, so I, I saw it by my own eyes uh, how, uh, how things were just done, uh, how it had an influence on all of us. And uh, what even all those chess players, they are still... Uh, good chess players, grandmasters, masters, and also just good chess teachers from this time. Um, so yes, I will be compensated for, of course, my hours and to give these uh, chess classes as, as normal. Um, but I just also want to say that all these things with the step matters is just not something um, I earn money from. It's just something I believe in. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, I think, uh, Yap, if, is there anything else to add about the steps method? I, I think we should talk b with uh, a trainer of your stature. We should talk some chess improvement, too. You think you're ready to, to move on? Yeah, that looks very good. Guys, before we get to Yap's thoughts on Chessable, I just wanted to let you know that recent Perpetual Chess guest FM Camille Plicta has just dropped a new Chessable course. It's called Four Horsemen, the Sicilian Four Knights Defense, and it teaches a less common Sicilian variation that is light on the preparation required, but heavy on the active pieces. If this piques your interest, Chessable has a free short and sweet intro to the Four Horsemen course coming out on March 4th. So go to chessable.com and check it out. Excellent. And one other thing, Yap, um, I am not endorsed by the step method, but I am lucky to have the endorsement of Chessable. Do you mind, since, since you mentioned it in a webinar, I'm putting you on the spot here, but do you mind talking a little bit about what you've done with, uh, with Chessable? Um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, to be honest, I recently I'm becoming more uh, interested in Chessable. I think they made uh, good steps in development in a more proper way how I can also use it as a chess trainer. Um, as, as you already understood uh, from me that automatism is one of the most important things I believe we should focus on in chess trainings because most of the time trainings go too fast, uh, cover too many topics or to do it to a superficial way. And one of the most important things is that we are, feel we are confident enough to, um, to master a certain um, uh, topic. It can be pawn and games, it could be uh, any um, rook and games, any other 
So I still feel Chessable is at least very useful for end games where uh, you can uh, analyze it and you can just uh, play it and practice it until you can do it by heart. Uh, I was seeing one of the end games of Rook against uh, a Rook Bishop against Rook, and I think it was from one of the Chinese player. I think it was Ding, but I'm, apologies if I make the wrong one. And what I was very impressed is that he was just playing this end game like it was mating with queen, a king and queen right. against king. He was just defending it without any difficulties, and he was just making these moves. And I had one of the discussions also with Mark Dretzky, another uh, great, uh, if not the greatest chess trainers we have seen in the field, that he uh, also said that most of the time we are forgetting that uh, doing uh, endgame theory, we just do it once, and then we expect it to happen all the time, and this is not going to happen. We have to practice it all the time again. When I made my GM norm, I was making one. I was stealing actually one and a half uh, points from three grandmasters in three end games uh, in the end game, and they had uh, more than one hundred points more than me. But in the end game, um, they were how to say? Uh, well, they were showing some lack of understanding, knowledge, or sometimes skills. And um, I think that one of the most important things, or how I see as digital tools, they should help us to automate it. But always keep in mind that automatization automatization only works when you already have the profound knowledge um, to automize it and and then internalize it. Um, And so that means that is for everything. The same counts for opening, the same counts for the other things. Um, So Chessable is, in my opinion, is a very useful tool. um, but always keep in mind what you optimize. This is the most critical questions I will always ask first. Okay. Yeah. Um, excellent. Yeah. Um, and in terms of, I don't know how, so, I mean, I have a few follow-up questions, but number one, do you, have you, Yap? I mean, steps of course is a curriculum. Um, but people are, I think one thing that draws people to the steps method is the idea that like, you don't have to constantly search for a book, you know, like, you say, okay, I'm going to tackle this and this will keep me busy for two years. I, I know what to do. Uh, we've had a, a few recent questions from friend of the podcast, Peter Newhall, saying like, you can spend so much time as a chess enthusiast just figuring out what to do, you know, because, um, so do you, have you had, do you have much familiarity with like Susan Polgar's beginner books or um, Arthur Yusupov's series, which uh, Jakob Algard mentioned on the show last week? Do you, have you, um, dabbled around with any other quote-unquote chess curriculums? I have working quite a lot with Arthur useful books in my chess training for clubs um, um, because uh, that's uh, more or less uh, surrounding that adult people come to me and have lessons together, but they have very different backgrounds. So it means that I need to differentiate a lot in strength and in uh, experience and even in level. Uh, the good thing about our two useful books, they are from uh, the exercise are from a lot of different level. Um, so didactically, of course, this is not ideal, but since my group uh, formation is also not ideal, right. they are ideal again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, what I would say is that um, I think it's more fair to say what I see as an ideal way or how I look to books because I don't like to say books are very good or not very good because 
uh, I see it more as a learning system. I mean, you want to learn something, so you need information in the first, in the very beginning, and after you need to understand how you can use this information, which is connected to questions. So each book, which is really working with questions and which is cracking the question, uh, the puzzles down into steps which you can make, and that in the end you can do it yourself, and then you examine it uh, in, in the end um, if you can do it or not. Those books are always very good. Um, the second point is that it should be very slow because we are learning slow. Let's be honest. I mean, we have, of course, some genius uh, players, very young. Um, but most of the time, the trainers are doing this part of work. But if you have the books which are just published for the big audience, you see the small steps are never made. Uh, so it means that if you're working with books, it needs to go very slow. And yes, you have to have a lot of books. Uh, so all the books which are summer and were very small, I don't believe um, uh, they can be very useful um, in the way unless they are very uh, uh, how to say framing themselves and make it very short and very compact to what they want to learn. Um, but main point is that I feel that in all the books they are lacking the right questions because there are a lot of books with, which are working with questions, but these questions are not consistent. They are every time they are different or they are based on general wisdoms which don't help because you still need to figure out which position they are valid and which not. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you're not going through with these questions in an in correct way and if you're not referring them to your games on how these questions can be used, this is just very tough to make right improvement. Uh, because only the things which are very close to where you're standing and exactly uh, adding the knowledge which you need from your uh, position, then those books will be useful. And that means it depends on your position which books can be used. So very often I use chapters of books or I just uh, use uh, some games of books because I know my students are at a certain, certain development. They need a certain knowledge. They need to have, for example, they were missing certain maneuvers in their games. So I'm saying go through these exercises uh, sometimes they get them as uh, solving, sometimes they came to um, just playing them through uh, and try to understand and rephrase it in your own words. Okay, yeah, and Yap, of course, has experience teaching a very broad range of uh, chess skill levels, rating levels. Um, Yap, again, I'm putting you on the spot here, but can you think of any uh, famous, I mean, favorite uh, go-to chapters, like you mentioned, um, that, that you have specific chapters that you might go to? Can you think of any favorites from any of uh, the chess canon? Uh, I mean, you, you mean chess books, which I'm yeah. using lessons. Well, I think that one of the... Um, the, I think that two books are really have a very profound place in my learning, uh, and I think that those books are, in my opinion, outstanding. Is one book is is called um, Positional Techniques. Um, uh, it's a book from Brun uh, Techniques of Positional Play. Excuse me, of uh, Brunsnick and Tirakin. Uh, it's a book from a G Georgian master, uh, which is translated by Brunsnick, and it's uh, discuss uh, something like. Um, I'm not sure, 52 techniques, 45 techniques. And what is very good, it's all mini plans, like how you can improve your middle game. So it means that, and they have something like eight examples um, with a very good, 
idea on, on how to solve, for example, the formation of how to, where to put your king and bish, uh, queen and uh, bishop, or how to chase the knight on the flanks and then conquer the center, something like this. So they have this 45 wisdoms, which is very compact and very profound, and you can easily adapt them to your play. So for amateur plays, from the mass amount between, let's say, 1400 uh, until 2000 or 2100, uh, I would say this is definitely one of the books which they can use with definitely immediately use. Um, the second point, a book which I really like, and this is a little bit for stronger, is the book from Chess Lessons from uh, Popov, who was uh, training the sisters Kasintieva. Um, and uh, in, in some way, this is um, how to say... Um, I really enjoyed it because I was reading this book in Russian and then I already was working on the translation because I liked the book so much. And then fortunately uh, it was published. <laughs> so it means it saved me a lot of work. Right. Uh, um, in some way it's, it's interesting because, um, and once more, I, I'm saying this in, in, in the good sense of the word, but it's in some way the blunder book of the Kasinjeva sisters because uh, he was taking all these examples from their games what went wrong, he was explaining how they were thinking, and then he was showing how to improve it. So, I mean, and let's be honest, uh, it's very pleasant to see that even this strong uh, grandmaster woman who were, uh, had a very great rating with 25, 75 or something uh, at top, um, that how, the, how he improved them. I mean, he's really showing it that now they made the mistake, then they gave the examples on how to improve, and this is done very systematically. And I still find this a very instructive way on how you can improve your play. Uh, unfortunately, of course, um, most of the examples shows that uh, for them uh, that they make mistakes. But on the other hand, we know that they were great players, so they don't have to worry. We have a very good impression that they became very strong players, and this system was working. Wow, that's a, I, I'm not familiar with that book, Yap. It sounds great. Yeah, so that's definitely... Um, and then I would mention, and that's, uh, that's something uh, a little bit, uh, how to say, uh, it's not ex uh, in the books of uh, Tsabab Baloch, this, this greatest puzzles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like them very much because they're working uh, with techniques. Um, of course, the techniques are not explained in the book, but I, I have them myself, and I'm working a lot with this material because I like the puzzles very much. Um, uh, so I find them very practical, um, and um, and as and, and once more, I'm mentioning these books because they are for the biggest audience. Of course, if you uh, have let's say 2100 or you're going to 2200, and you really want to become stronger players, there, uh, in my opinion, there are two kind of books which you definitely need to study: is all Dreyfus's books because they have a very well, they're, they're just great positions and great uh, understanding, and you they are translated in many languages. And, of course, the new series of uh, Jacob Agard. Uh, this is also a very uh, um, uh, great serial uh, on, on, on great materials. Uh, once more, what I like very much about these books, uh, they are computer-checked. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's a little bit less with Dresky words, which means that sometimes you really need to check your answers. Um, also from the same series, I would say the, the books of Gelfand, I really enjoyed a lot. Uh, I think I already respected him very much as a chess player and the way he is just showing his understanding and, and way in this book. 
I think it's also uh, I enjoyed it. But as once more, these books are only for players who are really uh, already uh, very advanced and uh, interested in in making the next steps. Yeah, great, great for probably over two thousand something like that. Yeah, um, I, would, I would even say well, I would even in my opinion because the, the very often people start to learn uh, too difficult things in an, too fast, and normally it means you go slower in your development. Mm-hmm. What, so I really would like to increase this LO more to 2200. Um, and before, if you're really much better off in, in studying more simple books. Uh, but for example, you can study the predecessors or something like, um, how to say, just more, more the general games. My Great Predecessors by Kasparov, yeah. Something like this. I mean, uh, there, there's some, or even uh, to study this book of Popov and and Tyrkin, uh just uh, first two or three times because we need to optimize these ideas, and 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 if you really optimize them and did them uh, profoundly, then of course it makes sense to study all the serious materials about how to think uh, because they're all very on detail. You they expect you to you can calculate already. But for this already, it requires quite a lot of knowledge and skills. So it's um, that's okay. uh, that's these for me. Um, I know that in general, uh, publishers normally try to how to say to make the audience bigger because, of course, it's in their interest. Um, but as a chess trainer, I'm very um, modest in this advice. Yeah, just buy one book and do it over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, I was reading this, and I, I think it's so true. I was reading it from a totally other area of field, but he said, normally in life, we can better read one book four or five times when it's really good uh, than read five books. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, normally you implement it in a much better way, and that normally brings more. Um. Yeah, and one more question. Well, two more questions on books. So, do you do you have any other, uh, like, let's say under sixteen hundred recommendations? Um, any any book recommendations for players of, of that level? Do you have anything? Sorry, just <laughs> to ask you the question a little bit back. Do you have a, a specific idea on on the field of book? I mean, what kind of book? Um, because um... well, this is what I'll say. I mean, I of course have my own opinions, but. Um, yeah. I get the sense from especially, I mean, I, most students that I work with are, are kids, um, which which makes me less inclined to recommend like a Selman book or something like that, Jeremy Selman, to a kid. But what I will say is adult uh, chess players looking to get better, um, I feel like it's not hard to find tactics resources. I mean, I actually think there aren't as many, uh, say, under 1,800 puzzle books maybe as there should be like especially like sort of the the middle range between uh beginner level checkmate puzzles and sort of intermediate tactics i mean of course tactics time comes to mind as a good one um but i think it's more sort of the soft concepts that people are trying to teach on their own positional concepts and stuff like that um Silman is a good resource but i do think that that's where there could be more um i know i elizabeth spiegel recommended uh johan helston's book yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that there, there. I mean, I'm just saying some books which I find very good, and also because simply, if I'm working with students, at some point we're just limited by time what we can do. Um, yeah, we sure uh, are. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, but Silman books in general, I I like them because uh, they're very. Uh, he's very how to say extensive with words. Uh, he's very uh, well written. Um, uh, it, it reads very uh, quickly. Um, 
what I would say is that a little bit my uh, concerns, so to say, in, in comparing to the other books, is that the, the way um, if I'm if I read something and I like something, then I want to conquer it and I want to master this topic, and then I feel that sometimes it's lacking exercises and ways to uh, optimize them a little bit in this way. Yeah, uh, and and for me, a good book is more or less covering both. I mean, the instructive way, the motivational way, and the way how I can master it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, actually, he does have a Reassess Your Chess workbook. I, I've been a while since I've looked at it. I'd have to go through it again. But your broader point definitely makes sense, especially given what we've been saying about how you should really look to master a topic, not just go through it and move on. I mean, um, you were mentioning the books of Halston, which already is covering a lot of exercises. To be honest, uh, I'm using his openings book quite a lot because mm-hmm. I, I'm not very in favor of a lot of opening lines. I mean, long opening lines or anything like that. I feel that if you want to learn opening just by how can I find general reasonable moves? How can I solve opening problems? I think uh, his positions are quite instructive. Um, Of of course, as a teacher, I have some additional things which I'm using for my own lessons to, well, to give the the students still more questions how to solve things. Um, um, But yeah, I definitely enjoyed those books as well. Okay, and one more on chess books, just because Maitan himself, uh, Maitan, here we go, Maitan, I'm going to try to say your last name, Uh, Maitan (laughs) Prilitensky, who was one of the teachers that that we worked with in the training, Um, one of my fellow students, although he's a great teacher in his own right and a master. Um, So he he asked, uh, what instructional books by Dutch authors, other than the steps, do you recommend for non-masters and their coaches? I don't know why he's interested in Dutch authors in particular, but... But what do you think? Um, I mean, I had Herman Gruten on the podcast. I'm, I'm a I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the book of Hermann Grote, um, to pronounce it in a Dutch way. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely one of, he was my trainer. And we actually, we did all the materials from his books. Um, uh, I think they, they're very joyful. Uh, they're very instructive in the way because, I mean, I mean, I look at it in a much more easier way is that all the books which covers Grandmaster games or World Champion games, they are good books because simply the games are good. Um, what for me is the most important thing is how they use questions to make them understandable for me and makes them in the end that I'm not only enjoying it, but also I can make better moves because that's the, 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 the tough part, so to say. Um, and what I still feel that a lot of books are just very good instructive books but they're all lacking the uh, to how to say to make the question list so small that everybody can solve them themselves and can control if they solved it in the correct way. And and that's what well I don't think Dutch authors are different than uh, any other author. Okay. Yeah. So that's, uh, and and even the books with Bronsnik, although I like them very much conceptual, also they are lacking questions. Okay. Well, if anything, I just feel like there's a lot of good Dutch authors. I don't know. I mean, I mean there, there are a lot of good authors, but I mean, as I said, I mean, um, um, I, 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 for example, I, to be honest, I like much more the, the books of Jesus de la Fila, which is also, yes. uh, and especially the working book I like quite a lot because 
It means that you have the theory, then you have exercises, and from this theory you need to recall, and then you need to practice it and bring it into practice. And as you understand, this is exactly what I like from books, is yeah. that this theory, then you have some practice positions, and then you need to recall it, and in, in your commands you also recall where you can find the theory in case you forgot about it or you want to revise it. Um, and this is exactly what is, of course, very difficult with books is that it's very static. I mean, and that's why, for example, we were talking about Chessable, which I already like, because then you, it, there are much more tools to bring them into practice. Yeah. So, Yap, of course, is referring to 100 and Games You Must Know and, and the workbook. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, Yap, I think you've given some awesome uh, tips for for players working on their own to improve. Uh, last thing, uh, I think, or at least one of the last things, if you're okay on time, Yap, sure. um, is just a, a few reflections from your career. So you had this mini match with Jan Timmen. What, what was that like? Well, that was very cool, of course. I was just a Dutch youth champion. I was 16 years old when I became champion with eight out of nine, and it was very unexpectedly. And it was just simply because the year before I was qualifying for the World Championships under 16, and then I just wanted to qualify for the next championship, and the easiest way to do so was to win the tournament, and that went fantastically well. Um, as a result, I was uh, invited in uh, a lot of big tournaments, uh, among them uh, YKZ, and in that year I was lucky enough there were these mini-matches. Um, I think the final was between Dreyev and Bareyev at the time. Um, uh, so I was uh, drawing lots with Timon, and of course it was very, uh, I mean, it was a very interesting moment. I was sitting at home and then I was just looking at my computer at that time. It was uh, some megabytes big. I mean, it was just in a time computers were not <laughs> very developed yet. Um, and, uh, well, he was 400 points stronger than me. I had 22.35 and he had 26.35 or anything like that. So then I'm looking, he was playing the World Championships against Karpov year before, he was playing the Aras and all these things, and what did I have? I played my youth tournament, which I won. <laughs> right. So he could play any opening, and I had hardly any repertoire, so I didn't know where to start. But then I was really recalling this nice phrase from the Dutch uh, football player, Johan Cruyff, uh, that sometimes you, you cannot beat them, but they can lose to you. Mm-hmm. And that, well, that stuck to my mind that uh, tomorrow I just need to give my very best and just go for it. Enjoy also the moment. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, as you can see, I mean, how often can we have such kind of uh, competitions and can we play in such places? So I was just going for it. And um, But uh, the match itself went quite, uh, how to say, uh, disastrous, actually, in the beginning, because I was blundering a pawn, I think, on move 17 or 18. And, um, well, uh, of course, that's not good news. uh, But somehow I, well, I was just fighting, and he probably underestimated me a little bit, after, especially after I blundered another pawn. So uh, one exchange, and probably had a good position, but, of course, I was still very... Uh, young and uh, well, happy to make a draw with the big Timon. Uh, of course, yeah. And, um, and the next day, I was playing once more because it was a match over two games. Um, I lost to Brodsky uh, a month before the, uh, the match with Timon, and I was losing in some Queens Indians. So I revised the opening a little bit, 
So at least I could compete with Timon at least to hold on in the middle game. Then he was outplaying me because of of course his strategic uh, uh, insights in the game were outmastering me. Um, but I was fighting and in time control I could kind of escape to some kind of root game, uh, root end game with pawn down. And then I was just playing for my life, just uh, fighting, mm-hmm. playing active chess, and uh, miraculously enough, I uh, made another draw. Uh, and that came even to the news. I mean, of course, it was a big sensation at the time. And, um, yeah, so it was very good memory. And, yeah, uh, sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, and, uh, of course, in the tie breaks, he was uh, outplaying me completely. He was just uh, stronger. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, I mean, some something something to always be proud of. Well, do you have any other favorite memories from from when you were most active as a player? Um, well, I mean, the, the, the game with Sokolo was also kind of remarkable, especially because of the story. It was um, uh, I was uh, it was in uh, Leeuwarden and um, in where? Sorry, in in, in in the north of Holland. Okay, uh, a place called Leeuwarden and. Uh, and I was playing Sokolov and Bosman was playing Luke von Weyli. And uh, at that time, Sokolov and von Weyli were kind of rifles, which were challenging each other. And they had, in the morning, they had to walk. And at some point, uh, they didn't want to, how to say, uh, to say to the other guy that they were tired. So they were keep on walking and keep on walking for almost <laughs> hours. <laughs> So that was how to say uh, the condition of the game, and uh, I, I prepared some nice lines. So I think also my preparation was well, and uh, I managed to uh, well put a very sharp position at the board, and um, somehow um, yeah I took a pawn and I took another one just to see if he could uh, find compensation, and in the end he couldn't, and I was winning this game. So this was also one of the uh, remarkable games. Um, yeah, amazing result to beat Sokolov. That story, though, I mean, are you sure walking isn't a euphemism for drinking? It sounds like sounds like drinking. You that neither one wants to admit that they don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, yeah, this was really nice story. And uh, and as uh, Bosman also uh, was winning against Van Vele, so it was really tough. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Kind of, <laughs> I feel like there's more to this story, but but uh, but thanks for sharing. And Yapa, yeah. w- one last topic. Um, before I let you go, you mentioned that you've been studying the Russian language in in, in our um, workshops. You also mentioned working on languages. So what's going on with that? How are you finding the time to study languages and how does it inform uh, how you think about chess learning? I mean, in general, what I like very much about learning the Russian language is that they're working with questions. I mean, uh, fundamentally, the I mean, in Europe, we work with order uh, to understand the sentences. But in Russian, they uh, transform each of these words. And they're connected to questions. And from the questions, you can make the grammar. I mean, as you understand a little bit of what I was talking about, the step matters, we, my, my, uh, enthusiasm and endorsement for these questions is just very big, and as in language. And I felt that with learning these languages, um, uh, me as a teacher, I can develop myself in a very good way. First, to understand why questions are important uh, in the beginning. I'm just also, in general, enjoying languages when I go abroad and when I'm talking to people. Um, but as uh, once more, um, I feel that uh, now I'm learning more each day uh, uh, it keeps myself in some kind of statement where I keep on developing myself and pushing myself to no limits. And I find it's also very important for each teacher to advise. Always try to take something which you're really enjoying um, 
Also, a very simple fact is that sometimes, uh, I mean, I always have the responsible when I'm, of course, the trainer and teacher that everything goes right. And sometimes I just feel very relieved just to sit down and be the pupil and just... Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. ...to give the responsibility to somebody else to think about, to, well, make enjoyable lessons. Um, and also, I, I learned a lot from other teachers in this way because I was looking, I had all kinds of workshops uh, and, and courses uh, abroad. I learn from countries, I learn from cultures. Uh, I also see a lot of teachers doing, uh, well, their methods or the way how they think about it. And it enriched me as a trainer because I see that a lot of things can work. Um, I see a lot of other methods in this way. See, um, So all these kind of things are somehow making me more enthusiastic, more passionate about learning, about uh, trying new things also with my students. And... Um, yeah, um, so, so I have to say that that's the thing, and where I find the time, yeah, this is a good question. I also want <laughs> from time to time, but as I said, I mean, for me, uh, before I was always, how to say, um, sometimes I was doing it, sometimes I was not doing it, but now I just block them. I just see them as uh, something which cannot be uh, missed in my development. It can't be missed in my week, like sports, uh, the same thing. Mm -hmm. I'm Every Monday I'm doing tennis. Uh, I'm playing sometimes tennis just also uh, in my free time. Um, but I, I see it as a sports and learning languages is not something I just do when I have time. I just make time for it. That's great. Uh, yeah. And and what languages do you do you speak or are you working on at this point? What's what's the count at? I would say that uh, English, German, and Dutch, they are really at a very good level. Uh, Russian is reasonable, and Spanish I'm doing at the moment is also kind of reasonable level. So it's just... Uh, so five languages is about average for a Dutch person, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, in school we ha also had French, and I did a little bit of Italian, and I, maybe uh, after these languages I will try to uh, start with them. Because, as I said, I mean, I, I see learning as something permanent. And I feel that learning language is just nice, especially since I want also um, to become more a trainer for other trainers in other countries. So it means learning languages and speaking languages is just something very nice. Because, um, as, as you already mentioned, if we want to understand the motives, if I want to understand the drives of students, uh, it's always very good if you can do it in their own language, which is most close to them. Yeah. Uh, so if I can mirror it, or at least I can make attempts to make this gap uh, smaller, I see it as something very nice. Excellent. Well, we, we all uh, appreciate your ambition, Yap. It's, uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> admirable. Um, so, Yap, is there anything else uh, you would like to, to mention before, before we let you get back to your, your busy life of teaching and uh, language acquisition? Um, well, I, I would say that um, mm, one of the things by which we were discussing in our workshop was that uh, maybe a little bit about um, the positive framework and, and, and the way of uh, addressing. Uh, very often I notice that when we are discussing games and, and, and players make mistakes, very, very often we think we need to correct those mistakes, which of course fundamentally is correct. But when we are looking at it from the motives of the kids, it's very often very interesting first to understand why um, did they make the moves? What was, the, was their intention? Did they think about something or not? And if you're going from this uh, point and understand that they didn't make mistakes just be, 
nobody likes to make mistakes. So always try to feel that uh, they have a positive learning uh, attitude and try to embrace it and to uh, well, to make it stronger. Um, th that's something I would say that as a teacher is something very important to always keep in mind that um, we, we have to make those steps and we have to make to understand uh, what the student is learning and what yeah. are... And of course, for anyone who's not a teacher, I mean, that, that advice could be extended to, to relationships, you know, um, it goes, goes far beyond that. I mean, this, to be honest, this is maybe something very big, uh, but I would say that definitely that's one of the things what I love about chess is that you can refer to life because in life, everything is complicated because we never have the end result. I mean, you, maybe in the end of your life, you can look back and see if you enjoy all your decisions or not. Uh, but the good thing about chess is that we can do it uh, over and over again. So it means that if you want to understand how you're standing in the way how you're solving your puzzles, in the way uh, you're standing in, in, in how you understand yourself, uh, chess is some kind of objective game. So it means that everything what differs between this objectivity and your decisions is more or less your influence. So it means you can exactly say what is the difference between you and well, uh, the, the moves you are making. Mm -hmm. And in this way, I feel that in, it's a very good tool uh, to understand yourself. And I would say this enriches also you as a person and the way you're living. Um, also, I think this is one of the interest, most interesting sentences I was reading about Kasparov in his book about game and his life, uh, that he was referring that he, because of chess, he understood how he was functioning, how he was making decisions, and how he could make better decisions, or in which kind of situations he normally tend to make mistakes in his kind of decisions or make wrong decisions. And this kind of understanding is a very luxury which we chess players have, is because we have something uh, which escapes from influence from outside. Mm -hmm. And I would say that's definitely one of the most interesting things. Also, um, I'm very grateful to, 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 to the game of chess. Likewise, yeah. And listeners, you can probably hear his enthusiasm, as I alluded to. Um, and just last note, yeah, before we let you go, I did forget to ask. So for anyone listening who's interested in possibly uh, pursuing uh, getting STEPS certification, is there a rating minimum um, in terms of someone who would be interested in going for STEPS 1 certification? No, there's no minimum rating. I mean, of course, you, know, you need to know the rules a little bit. Uh, at least in the end of the training, you need to be able to pass step one. So that's, uh, yeah, that's something you need to overcome, at least during the training. Uh, but okay, I mean, but, but that's like queen and king checkmate, um, stuff, really, stuff very, like that, yeah. Very fundamental, very basic, and uh, really no chess uh, is required. I would say that from step two, already it becomes a little bit more serious. And I would say that probably it's convenient, uh, if not, well, for yourself, it's convenient if you have a rating around 1500, something like this. Because, okay. you, I mean, it's not really necessary because, of course, if you have a lot of uh, didactical skills, there are a lot of ways... Um, you can be even a better teacher for them. It's just uh, technically it's very convenient to understand everything what is taught in a very good way. Okay. Um, yeah, that, 
excellent advice. Yeah, and this is this can be a good way for listeners who you know want to get more involved in the chess world, even if you're not a master level player. This can be a way to 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 differentiate yourself and and learn more about the the intricacies of teaching in the game. Um, so listeners who are interested should email you, Yap, and you'll just uh, keep them in touch. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they can have all kinds of questions. Please, please feel free to ask any question. Uh, I guess that uh, my email will be somewhere uh, around the podcast. To uh, um, yeah, I'll put it right in the show notes. And yeah. somehow, listeners, if you're having trouble tracking yeah, it down, just drop me a note. But and please feel free. I mean, I, I find it quite interesting to help everybody uh, see how it can work. Uh, it can be questions of all kinds of uh, in the field, or maybe some remarks on on what I was saying in the show. And, Good. Uh, yeah. Or of course, if you want actual chess lessons from from Yap, that that's always available as well, right? Exactly. That's. I mean, yeah. Excellent. So, yeah. Okay. Well, Yap, thanks a lot. This uh, did I had uh, I was excited for this, and it lived up to my expectations. So I'm um, I'm excited to to see uh you know how how this unfolds over the over the coming years, how how uh, the steps methods continues to gain in popularity, and um you know I'm hoping to to work with you more in in the future. Thank you very much for being in your show. I enjoyed it also quite a lot. And uh, once more, I just hope that I was helping everybody who wants to improve in their chess, that they got some advice on books or courses or ideas how they can do it. And once more, uh, I'm very delighted uh, if I can be of any assistance uh, in the future. Okay. Thanks a lot. Take care, Yap. Thank you. Thanks to everyone who helps make Perpetual Chess possible. That includes my producer, Matthew Passy, for his timely and capable editing, Chessable.com for their generous support of the show. But I also want to thank everyone who helps spread the word about Perpetual Chess, whether it be by telling a friend, writing a positive review on Spotify or YouTube, or we could use some new reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you're enjoying the show, please write a quick review. It helps spread the word about Perpetual Chess. But most of all, I want to thank the people who support the show financially people who donate via PayPal or Patreon really help me continue to sustain and grow Perpetual Chess. And those who donate more than $5 a month get their name or entity's name read on the outro. That's about to happen right now. So I would like to give special thanks to the following people and entities for their generous support of Perpetual Chess. They are Chessable.com, Quality Chess Books, The Capital City Chess Club, The Apprentice Twitch Channel, Andrew Bach, Austin Clough, Benjamin Porteau, Kathy Carr, Chad Oliver, Dan O'Hanlon, Danny Davidson, David Schreiber, I am Dimitri Schneider, Faraz Sawaf, Gary Foreman, Greg Natel, Greg Shahadi, Guven Manet, Jens Green, John Jernigan, John Rockefeller, John Cromarty, John MacArthur, Kelly Palmer, Kevin O'Callaghan, Lone Pine Chess, Lorraine Duray, Lucio Casada Silva, The Law Offices of Stuart Katz, Michael Kahn, FM Michael Oblin, Mike Zelazny, Moonmaster 9000, Moonmaster, we need a question from you. Is everything okay? We need you to send in a listener question. Peter Sadi, Reuven Fisher, Seattle Chess Club, Thomas Stonix, Thomas Tachenko, Todd Bryant of Strong Chess, and Todd Kennedy. I would also like to thank the following Rook-level supporters. They include Aaron Waffler, Ace Viega, Adam Ralph of ChessEngland.com, Adrian Gutierrez, Alex Pejas, FM Andre Terakov, Andrew Perry, Anidi Deer, Better Chess Training, Bill Juniper, Bill Moran, Brad and Andy Rosen, Brett Howard Lynn, Brian Mullis, Chad Hilton, Dr. Charles Snodgrass, Chris Flanagan, Chris Wayne Scott, Christopher Baumgartner, Christopher Shabri, Chris Lott, Christopher Wood, I am Christoph Zalecki, a.k.a. Chess Explained, 
Coach Jay's Chess Academy, Courtney Fry, David Bleskachak, Daniel Gell, Daniel Ginsburg, Daniel Lucas of the U.S. Chess Federation, Daniel Naylor, Dave Saylor, David Cramley of Chessable.com, Dwayne Edmonds, Ethan Smith, I am elect or possibly not I am elect. I don't know if Three Norms makes him an I am elect. Donnie Ario, Fox Valley Chess Club, Francis Latart Lavoie, Frank Tortoris, MD, Gary Andrews, Gary Lewis, Geert Vandervelt, Gerard Barta, Giovanni Russo, Hans Schut, Harish Srinivasan, Jacques Perry, James Aspinwall, James Banastia, James Murr, Jason Anfang, Jason Woolham, J. Deep Chakrabarty, Jeff Anderson, Jeffrey Martello, Jerry Wells, J.J. Stranad, Dr. John Fallon, John Fernandez, John Fontaine, John Hartman, John Jeffrey, John McMurtry, Jordan Goodwin, Jose Rodriguez, Justin Gardner, WGM Jen Shahadi, Joel Rocky, John Thompson, GM Josh Friedel, I am Kare Christensen, WGM Katarina Nemsova, Kelly Palmer, I am Kostya Kovutsky, Krishna Gopala Krishnan, Larry Ryforth, Laura Belyavsky, Martin Knudsen, Matthew Passi, Matthew Tedesco of SeattleChessMeetup.org, Mechanics Institute Chess Club of San Francisco, Michael Allard, Miguel Araspide, Mike Clem, Mr. Mike Shahadi, Nate Salon, Neil Bruce, Olaf Mueller Michaels, GM Pascal Charbonneau, Passy Passaman, Paul Bain, Paul Clarkson, Paul Sweeney, Paulo Santana, Peter Lux, Randy Temple, Ricky Grijalva, Richard Hallenbeck, Roy Yearwood, Ryan Berg, the Say Chess YouTube channel, Scott Doherty, Scott McKinnon, Sebastian Finsterwater, Stefan Roller, WGM Tatia Vabrahamian, Tim Brennan of TacticsTime.com, Tim Seymour, Timothy Ha, Tom Edsel, Tomas Komanich, Tony Rotella, Tyron Price, Wayne Beam, William Brock, William Juniper, William Hogarth, William Peterson, FM Zhao Jang of Chess1000.com, and Zhivko Stoyanov. Thanks, as always, for listening and interacting with the Perpetual Chess community, and I will catch you guys next week. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.